Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. I'm excited for today's episode because we're going to be talking all things alcohol and my journey with alcohol in the spirit of dry January for 2024. So just sit back and relax, and we'll just jump right into the episode. All right, hello and welcome back to the podcast. If you're new here, I'm so happy to have you. And if, if you are a longtime listener, then you'll know that this is a topic that I am quite passionate about. So I'm really excited to dive in today. But today I wanna talk about alcohol, my journey with alcohol and my relationship with alcohol and how that is changed over the years, especially as a young adult in her 20s. I feel like this journey can look quite different for all of us, but I just wanted to highlight some of the parts of my journey that may be relevant to to some of you that some of you may relate to. And so I wanted to just kind of share this episode to just connect with others. For those that are, for those that follow me on social media, I am recording this as both a YouTube video and a podcast episode. I've done this once before with my Chicago Marathon Q&A and I really did, I felt like there was a lot of positive feedback and you guys really enjoyed it. So I wanna try and bring that more both onto the podcast as well as my YouTube channel. If you're not already subscribed, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. I will have a link in the show notes of the episode. But before we get into that, let's of course start with some highs and lows for the week. All right, so my low for the week, I think, is that the weather is so cold here in London. It is, this morning, I think it was like one or two degrees Celsius, which translates for my American friends to around 35, 34 degrees Fahrenheit. We were just in Copenhagen this weekend, and it was even colder there. It was like 20 degrees Fahrenheit and negative 10 degrees Celsius. I just feel like this time of the year, I hate the most because I'm someone who just like really doesn't like the cold. And I feel like I, for those that are watching, on YouTube you can't even really tell but I'm wearing like multiple layers and like most of the stuff that I wear during this time of year is from Uniqlo Heat Tech this is not sponsored I just absolutely love being warm and their stuff is next level and just such a game changer for me so I would highly recommend if you are also a cold girly like definitely hop on the Uniqlo heat tech train. But yeah, the low for the week is that I just don't like being cold. Another low that I want to talk about kind of like maybe in another episode or another YouTube video. Also definitely going to be chatting about it in short form content on my socials. So definitely go and follow me there. But I have not been running for the past week and today was my first run back. And I have been just kind of like dealing with a lot at the moment in terms of like I've been really ill. And I think in my podcast episode last week, I chatted about an illness where I basically kind of gave myself like a poisoning from my Nespresso machine because I'm pretty sure that I descaled it wrong. So there was a lot of vomiting. There was a lot of 
early mornings, late nights, whatever you call it. And it was just not a fun time. We've gotten a new coffee machine, so everything is so much better. But I also have been dealing with a niggle that just keeps coming back. And I'm going to be seeing my physio this week. And it's just a bit deflating because I feel like I am a few steps back from where I should be with my marathon training. And I know that we're like at the very start of January still. But I think this is just kind of going back to the fact that I'm so hard on myself. I'm someone who is like such a high achiever. And I think that I've placed a lot of pressure on myself because this is a time qualifier marathon. This is going to be the first of two this year. And I'm so excited to do both London and Chicago. And regardless of how they turn out, I know that like it's going to be a great time and such a great experience. But That's just been something that I've been dealing with. And I think that in this training block, I really want to create more content, just highlighting and sharing more about like the reality that marathon training is not meant to be perfect. It's not meant to go to plan. And like, there's never going to be like, you're never going to have a perfect training block. Like there's always going to be something that comes up. Like this is coming from someone who's run seven marathons. Like I promise you, it is tough. And so I will definitely create more content and talk about that in more detail. But I'm just kind of sharing the realities of like what I'm going through at the moment but hopefully we're all good to get back into running this week slowly but surely but yeah I think my high for the week is like both sort of you know piggybacking off of the running thing that like today I got to go for my first run in a week and like I really approached it with the whole mentality of like I get to run which I love and I think is so important to remind ourselves especially when like you're not injured you're not ill you're not going through anything that's like causing you to not run I think it's so important to remind yourself of just like how lucky you are how how grateful you should be to have a healthy functioning body and I think the other thing that I'm really grateful for and like that is kind of a high for me still is just like we've been traveling Gabriel and I have been traveling a lot um, in the past few weeks it definitely was not planned but it kind of just came to be we were in Portugal for like eight or nine days and then literally the next weekend we were in Copenhagen and it was such a fun time even though it was freezing it was still such a fun time and I feel like more and more we really are realizing just like how much well at least I'm realizing how much I really enjoy these experiences and how important it is to like go and get that time off especially like at the end of the year last year that was like exactly what I needed so I've definitely come back into the new year feeling very refreshed and like having new goals and things but I definitely am already like itching to like book my next trip and even though like you like when I feel like I don't know if it's just me but like I'll be at the end of a trip and I'll be like oh I'm really looking forward to like getting back to my routine and like getting back into the swing of things but I at the same time have like come back and whilst I've done that I'm also now just like okay when's the next trip (laughs) um but yeah I'm definitely going to be booking more trips I'm really looking forward to it but that is besides the point we've got a whole episode to jump into today so without further ado let's just jump right into the episode All right, so happy dry January, first and foremost. I know that not everyone celebrates or takes part in dry January, but I think that it is a great initiative for those of us who do drink alcohol to kind of like start the year and just like have a break from booze, especially coming off of the holiday season. I know that a lot of people like to drink around the holidays. And so I think it's a great way to sort of kick off the year. I know that people do different things like Veganuary and like other ways of kind of kicking off the year. But today's episode, I really want to talk about alcohol and I'm 
not going to go into like specifics or like research articles around like why you shouldn't drink alcohol or why you should or you know I'm not trying to sway you one way or the other I'm just here to kind of share my own personal experience and I've done episodes in the past kind of like sharing on more of those other elements that I just touched on so if you want to go and check those out they'll be in the show notes of the episode but essentially I just want to share from my standpoint because I feel like at the time like when I was younger in my earlier 20s because I am now in my later 20s I feel like no one was really talking about this I feel like there was not really any visibility around like you know be careful that you don't fall into like the binge drinking trap and like all these things because I feel like when you go into like university or in college like a lot of us go in and we don't know anyone and we just want to make friends and like we just want to be liked by other people And I feel like I went in with that exact mentality like many of us do. And I ended up deciding to join a sorority. I went to the University of Washington. Go dogs! Even though we lost last night, it's okay. But I, yeah, went to school in Seattle and I made the decision to join a sorority not because I had like a legacy like, you know, mother or grandmother or someone in like a specific sorority that I wanted to join. I've never even going through the sorority experience I've still I wouldn't call myself like a quote-unquote sorority girl like I definitely did it for the social aspect and just to make friends and so I joined a sorority I was part of Alpha Omicron Pi and it was a great experience I still have friends from the sorority and I really enjoyed it today I want to talk just more about like the negative aspects of that and sort of like how I feel like the Greek system does not like facilitate that binge drinking issue that is so apparent and so like such a huge issue in college life at the moment. Um, I feel like I can speak on behalf of the U.S. college system, not really on the U.K. college system or university system, but I feel like I hear about it a lot just like around the world when you go to college, when you go to university. A lot of us feel peer pressure to drink in order to feel liked, in order to feel validated, and that was essentially me. I, I wanted to be liked by others. I wanted to make friends. I wanted boys to like me. I, you know, I, I literally drank to become this version that people would like. And so I I feel like in my first year or two of college, I really realized like, the effects of alcohol and like how it really turned me into like this bubbly person who was extroverted and outgoing because if I'm honest like I am a true introvert I always have been and for a few years I labeled myself as an extrovert when I was really heavy into my drinking and I just realized like how much it would really like really made me likable if I'm honest and like I'm not saying that I was like the most popular kid at college or I was in the best sorority or you know I had like you know, whatever. I think it was just more so that I realized that like I sort of came out of my shell more and I was more, I would say yes more and I was just like more fun and I seemed more fun to people and so like people wanted to hang out with me more. I got invited to things more and so I feel like I really leaned into alcohol because I, you know, thought like, okay, this is like how I'm going to make friends. This is is how I'm going to survive college and university and I feel like at no point, you know, there are a lot of things that I think that need Need to be highlighted in colleges and universities, not just alcohol consumption, but also issues like sexual assault that I've also spoken about on my podcast before. If you want to go and check that out, you can. And I will be talking about it here soon. But I feel like no one really tells you about the 
what can come from heavy drinking. And before I knew it, I was becoming sort of like what people would call a heavyweight. So I was able to, at one point, I got to a point where basically I was able to drink a lot more than usual and it wouldn't affect me. And this was almost like something that I thought I could show off to people. And I thought it would be like, you know, it's like a party trick or something like, look at how many shots I can take. Look at how much alcohol I can consume. And like, I'm still fine. But like what I didn't show or what I didn't tell people so much is like how much I was blacking out, how much I didn't remember a lot of nights and how I would sometimes turn into just like a terrible human being and a terrible friend. And I would say things I didn't mean. I would do things I didn't mean. And the worst part was like coming out of these nights out and not remembering any of it, but like knowing that I'd hurt friends or I'd hurt people in the process. And I'm not going to go into detail. And like, I've since like kind of gone back and apologized apologize to those friends because I hate who I was back then and I feel like it's really taken me a long time to reflect on that and I feel like you know that sort of that alter ego of me like really carried on throughout university and then into my master's degree when I came to London and it was sort of the same thing when I came to the master's degree it was a way to socialize and meet people and like that was the whole thing with networking and like London is also a big drinking city and it's like the way that people interact and socialize and meet and go on first dates And I found that, like, there was sort of, like, this character of, like, oh, you know, I was, like, the second youngest person in my master's program. And people looked at me as, like, one of the few Americans, but, like, oh, it's the sorority girl and she can drink a lot. And so, like, I, again, just really played into that and I really leaned into that character because I wanted people to like me. I wanted people in my master's program to like me. And I wish so much that I could go back and just like hug that girl and tell her like, you do not need to do this to yourself. Like stop putting yourself through this because like all of the horrible side effects around like, like massively disgusting hangovers, like wasting away weekends, wasting away like, you know, rotting in my bed for like a full on like day or two because I was so hungover that I couldn't get out of bed. I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't looking after my diet. Like growing up when I was younger, I was like a huge athlete. And then my eating disorder sort of like sidetracked that. I sort of tried to get back into running like around college. And it just felt like for that entire time that I was in college and my master's program, I was just like stagnant and I wasn't challenging myself. I wasn't looking to improve because that was all I had time to give because I was allocating so much time to nights out, to alcohol, to spending money on Ubers to go downtown and like meet up with friends. And, you know, there's just so many to me now, like sitting here, I... I just see like so many negative side effects to drinking and like my experience with it. And that is why I don't drink now. And again, I'm not here to tell you whether you should or shouldn't drink. Like that's completely up to you. It's just for me, like that was such a negative effect on not only me, like as an athlete, because, you know, now I'm like running marathons and things, but I just think that like also as a person like I became so forgetful I would forget like the most like simple things and my family used to make fun of me for it but like genuinely I can attribute it to my drinking and especially because now that I've like sort of stopped drinking for a few years I can really I've it's insane how much my my memories improved and it is also like so scary to know that like that may have been like a huge factor and a huge contributor and like if I'm honest like in college especially at university and American universities the amount of binge drinking that went on was insane 
and like luckily like I wasn't doing most of this like in private I wasn't doing this like alone I wasn't waking up craving alcohol it was it was specifically for that social validation that I was like craving and so like I would go out and I would finish like you know 10 shots and then I would go on a night out like my pre-games or like my whatever with friends was insane and it was just like get as drunk as you can before you go out so that you don't have to spend that much money when you go out and it was just it would set me up for such a bad night and obviously I put on so much weight that's you know obviously going to come with binge drinking and that's not something that I want to fixate too much on but I just feel like to me there were so many negative side effects when it comes to my health that alcohol just like wasn't doing me a favor with and so for me that was just a very easy decision I don't want to say easy decision but I feel like the more that I reflected on it the more I kind of got to realize like why I wanted to maybe take a break from drinking and so I want to first start by saying that like this wasn't an easy decision to make and it was only one that was brought on because of the pandemic and just like being stuck at home not having anything to do trying the FaceTime happy hour thing with friends and like really not feeling like good about it because I would come out of it and be like why did I do that like why you know why did I think that was a good use of my time like I don't feel good now and I I really just kind of assess myself and I feel like this was sort of like the perfect opportunity to do it because you couldn't necessarily be going out and seeing friends you couldn't go to restaurants or bars and so I just told myself let's just try and see if I can go six months without drinking and that was the first aim and the first goal and I think that that was like easier at first because I was living at home with my parents I wasn't like going out and actively seeing friends all the time and it was a time that I also really leaned into distance running so that's when I signed up for my first marathon and so I found that like because I'd become so dependent on alcohol for that social validation I think the other part of it that I haven't really chatted about yet is that it also became my crutch when I was going through really tough things so like when I was in college going through my sexual assault title IX case I really heavily leaned on drinking because there was so much pain throughout that process that I couldn't like emotionally handle and I didn't want to emotionally handle and I think that there were just a lot of hardships that I would face and I would kind of think like I just don't want to deal with that I don't want to deal with the emotions of that right now and so I would turn to alcohol or I would ask my friends to go on a night out with me or go to a happy hour and that was my way of saying like I choose drinking instead of actually facing up to my problems and dealing with them and I found that in order to like kind of fix that part where like when I took out alcohol for six months the running like replacing it with running really helped that and I think like a lot of us can a lot of us runners can definitely attribute running to not only helping our physical health but our mental health as well and I feel like because I you know chose to sign up for a marathon to really stick to a training plan and like you know go and really lean into the distance running thing it really helped me like replace like what I used to do with alcohol during those hard times in my life but at the same time I feel like running doesn't necessarily allow you to run away from it but instead it would give me time to really process it and think through it and so that was really a huge positive that I think I saw at the beginning that I really liked it was hard because it meant that I was 
then realizing a lot of things that like I had really pushed down and pushed away for myself. And so like a lot of those things were kind of like coming to the surface and coming to light. And I'm not gonna lie, there were a lot of tears in the first six months because it just felt like I didn't know who I was. And it was kind of scary because like, you know, I think a lot of us say that like, a lot of us would like to say that going into like adulthood, you know who you are, you know who you wanna be, or at least you have some sort of an idea. And I just felt like because I used alcohol for so long to create this like alter ego, like fun extrovert Liz, I really didn't know who like I actually was. And I really spent a lot of time in that time without drinking to try and like find myself again. And part of that was like leaning back into the athletic part of me and leaning back into running and going to the gym and just like making that more of a priority and like not to have some like sort of a goal around like weight loss or anything negative like I would have in the past. It was specifically just for me and my mental health and giving myself time to put myself first, to put my physical health first. And that was something that was really positive that I really enjoyed. And sort of since then, it's been definitely like a journey of like figuring out like what I truly want to do with my like relationship with alcohol. And I don't feel like a lot of people kind of just like decide one day like cold turkey, I'm just going to stop alcohol and never drink again. I definitely like I set up that first six month goal and then I went to like have a drink with a friend and I realized I just didn't actually want to drink. And even though I did drink that night, I just like kind of came out of it and thought like, you know what, I I actually just didn't even want to drink. And I feel like I could have had that night without drinking and I could have had a mocktail instead, or I could have had sparkling water or literally anything else. And so I then decided to kind of like go back to the whole no drinking thing. And I I'm, I think I'm just going to start to like incorporate some of the questions here that I got from Instagram. But I do like some of these ones around just like the, like how people reacted when you first decided to stop drinking. And so this person asked, keen to hear tips for managing people's reactions when you tell people you aren't drinking. That's like a huge part of like the whole like being a young adult and choosing to not drink because like I feel like so much of being a young adult is so centered around like going out to bars and like you know nights out with friends and like trying to like you know be social and I think that there's this wrong definition around like going out and being actively social and having to attribute it with alcohol when actually you can go out and you can have a night out with friends and you don't have to drink but like I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you like you know, I definitely had some reactions when I first decided to stop drinking. And there was not, I wouldn't say that there was anyone that was like super negatively against it. I think that there were some people that kind of told me, well, you can't call yourself sober because you've not been to AA and you don't have an addiction and you don't have a problem. That was the thing that I hated most is people telling me that I don't have a problem when like they don't see what goes on behind the scenes. They don't see me blacking out. They're not there with me when I'm throwing up over the toilet. Like I don't, obviously that's not stuff that you're going out and actively telling people. And like, I have definitely some worse stories that I don't want to share here because it's basically I had situations where things just went over the line and like, that's all you need to know about it. But that was just sort of, I don't know, to me, I knew myself. I knew that I had a problem and I knew that I wanted to stop or at least just like stop to reassess and figure out what would be best for me. And I just got like a number of different reactions. I had, don't get me wrong, I had quite a number of friends that did support me in this decision who either knew me during that time in my life or didn't. And I think ultimately like 
I think what's important with a decision like this is like surrounding yourself with the best people that you know will support you and that you know want the best for you long term in terms of your health and your well-being but I'm not gonna lie like if you are out at like a random bar or something or you're just like out with friends and you tell people that you're not drinking like a lot of the times especially if you're a female you get the reaction of like oh are you pregnant and it's like no like I'm not you know and then some people like react a little bit weird and they'll be like oh like you know do you have a problem like do you oh like are you are you an addict and like I think it's just like it's I think it's definitely gotten better I will say over the years I think initially like early in the pandemic it was kind of weird but I feel like now more than ever like people have realized also more and more just like how much they don't need to be drinking alcohol and so you know with like managing people's reactions I think that like you have to remind yourself of your why with anything in life where like you fight where you face like backlash or anything I think and like it's something that you're passionate about that you want to like prioritize for yourself you know I think it's really important and like I got reactions like that from my family as well so like I think I just had to keep reminding myself like no I'm doing this for me I'm doing this for my health and my well-being and just like the future me that I know will reap the benefits of this another question that someone asked is around how did you go about with nights out friends staying out late but you going home early and feeling guilt um I'm not gonna lie when you go out with friends and you're not drinking obviously like you don't really feel the effects that like carry you late into like the early hours of the evening. I know that friends will like replace alcohol with like energy drinks or like just like other types of drinks that sort of like give you a different effect. But for me, it's always just going to be like a lime and tonic or a diet coke or just like something like like a soft drink essentially and I think for me like I always will kind of like I think initially it's easy to to feel that guilt like you're like kind of dipping out early or if you're like the designated driver maybe like you are struggling to like you know get that call to like make sure that your friends get home safely and like get them home safely but I think for me like I always told myself that like one of the things that I really wanted to work on with taking a break from alcohol was my sleep. My sleep in college was rubbish. I am not like sugarcoating this like when I say that I definitely was averaging like at least anywhere from four to six hours a night of sleep and it was so bad and I remember my brother telling me at one point like you need to fix your sleep because like that affects like that is a domino effect to so many other elements of your health and for me like when it came to nights out where I may be dipping out early or I may just be going home early I just kind of got to a point I've gotten to a point now where I just kind of look at it and I think like well you know regardless like of how much fun we're having I kind of just like get to a point where I'm like okay like you know it's time for bed for me it's time to you know and I think like sometimes like especially with running and especially if you're like training for a race or something you might have a long run the next day you might have something that you need to like tend to you might have something that you need something that you might have the next morning like a breakfast or a brunch and I think it's always nice to know that like it's okay I think it's important to like tell yourself that it's okay to go home early. You don't need to like feel that FOMO because you will have other nights out with those friends and you will continue to see them. And I think it's also important to have friends that also like will respect the fact that you're not drinking and like not make you feel bad for going home early, but also to kind of like recommend like other 
ways of hanging out that don't involve a night out like going for lunch or going for brunch or just like going for coffee and like there are so many other ways to see friends other than a night out but I know that a lot of people love still going for a night out and don't get me wrong I love going for a night out and like dancing with friends I think it's so fun but I think for me I I just get to a point too where I'm now in my late 20s and I so value a good night of sleep and I'm definitely more of a morning person than I am an evening person but I hope that that's helpful the next question asks how did you decide to go full sober and not sober ish so I kind of explored both options and I know that so like some people will approach this and say like well I'm about balance so like I won't drink during like these times of the years or like I will take like you know this long of a break from alcohol and then I go back to it and then I'll take another break and then I go back to it and the thing is like everyone's going to have a different approach everyone's going to have a different relationship with alcohol so I think ultimately like you need to do what's best for you I'm not trying to tell you to sway one way or the other I tried the soberish option and for me ultimately like it wasn't anything like mind-blowing it was just that every time I would go back and like have a drink or like you know whether it was a wedding or a friend's birthday or like some sort of an occasion I just found that like I I think I realized more and more just how much it didn't make me feel good and also how much it affects things like sleep and just like my mood the next day and I think I just sort of the more that I stopped drinking and sort of like moved away from alcohol every time I would go back to it I would just be like why was that why why was I ever drinking in the first place and like I don't know it was just for me it became it almost like created more and more of an assurance for me that like I definitely wanted to go down the route of just not drinking at all and I it was it's definitely something that like people approach differently for some people the whole moderation thing works and like if it does for you that's great but like for me I just like I look at it as like I don't really look at alcohol the same way that I did and every time that I would go back to it and see if I felt that way I just didn't and I think that that's what's important about this journey as well if you have a similar journey to me that like you sort of allow yourself to be like just be like sort of patient with yourself and just like allow yourself to go back and see if that's like a route that you want to take and don't feel like you have to go cold turkey stop drinking like absolutely done and so I would say like I was like I would drink in moderation um for a year or two I think I spent and like even then I would only drink like once a year but like for me ultimately I like it just became more and more apparent that I just didn't really like alcohol. I didn't fancy it. And I now have not had a sip of alcohol since like July of last year. And even then, like there wasn't like a firm decision in July of last year where I was like, okay, no more drinking. This is it. It's just like, it becomes more and more natural to just like not even think about it not give it a second thought not feel like I need to like create any sort of like a big event or anything or feel like I have to drink a a glass of alcohol at like an event or something and like so much so that like I was at my friend's wedding later or late last year and I told myself that like you know this is my best friend getting married from college and like you know she and I were really close and like if I want to have a drink I'll have a drink but like ultimately it just came to the fact that like Chicago Marathon was like a few weeks out and I just didn't want to drink I also was driving that night so another reason not to drink and ultimately I just didn't really crave it I didn't like want to go up to the bar and order something I was okay with I think I had maybe like a diet coke or a kombucha or something I'm a huge huge kombucha lover so I feel like I definitely like having like the fizzy drinks and like the carbonated drinks and I've really been getting into like some of those like sort of 
health drinks and like not just going for the diet cokes all the time but i think ultimately like it's just important to kind of figure out what's best for you not everyone's going to want to go sober not everyone's going to want to drink in moderation so i think it's just important to kind of see what works for you and be patient with yourself along the way the next question asks how did you curb the urge to drink when other close friends around did too so this was definitely something that i felt earlier on in my sort of journey to like reassess my relationship with alcohol is like what i'll call it i I think ultimately I couldn't really pinpoint like why I felt that way but I think now it really comes down to just like the desire to have a drink in your hand and like it's literally just physically being able to hold a drink and like at the time I think I felt like oh I need to be drinking the same thing that they're drinking if we're like at a friend's house or or, you know if you're at a night out or you're having dinner with friends and you buy a bottle of wine you know I think initially it's like oh but I want to still feel a part of things and I want to like be a part of this but over time again I just still found that like I would step away from those events or I would come away from those events and just be like, actually, I just didn't really love that. And I didn't really like, like the taste of it. I didn't feel like it was really worth the time. And I feel like one of the biggest things for me was just like, why am I like, I don't know. And I think it's hard because like, obviously your friends might have reactions to that. And this goes back to the question around like managing reactions. But I think at the end of the day, it's just important again to make sure that you are surrounding yourself with the people who will you know, uplift you and push you towards your goals. Like, for example, if it is not to drink alcohol and to, you know, want what's best for you too. And I think that that's really important. And I'm not going to sit here and say like every single friend was like on board with it and every single friendship still remains the same because a lot of the friendships that I created when I was younger stemmed from alcohol. And so a lot of those people still live that lifestyle. And like, that is sort of like their main like point and source of fun. And so for some of those friendships, we just like sort of fell off because like we found that we actually didn't have much in common other than the drinking. And when I decided that I wanted to stop drinking, we just didn't really have much in common. And that's okay because like I think the other thing that I learned more and more as I get older is, you know, it's gonna, you get to a point in your adult years and I'm only 27, but I've just been learning how important like quality friendships are over quantity and I think it was the other way around especially in college you know when I was seeking validation and just like wanting to be liked I think it's more important to have people that really genuinely care about you and check in with you and want the best for you and so you know I'm I definitely did lose some friends when I decided to stop drinking, but it wasn't anything that was like a big drama or a big fight or anything. It was just like, okay, you know, that was a friendship that I created because I met them in a club or a bar or in some sort of a social situation. And actually, we're very different people when you take out the alcohol and that's okay. Like that's, it's no hard feelings. Like they live their life, I live mine and like we're respectful of each other and that's it. I'm really sad to say that I think that the camera battery sign is flashing at me, so I'm going to try and hurry this up but last question is thinking of what the very end of drinking and start of running looked mentally so I sort of answered this but again I think that like running really helped replace that like desire and need to feel like I needed to escape from an issue or a problem but really over time it really helped me process them more and just create more time and space for me to just like sit in thought and sit in you know some of those like emotions and feelings that I was that I previously would use alcohol to kind of like push away and instead just really allowed me to face them head on and I feel like 
that's a reason why I'm so passionate about running and I love running because it gives me so much more than just the physical benefits. It gives me so much more than race PBs. It gives me that mental clarity. It gives me like time for myself. It gives me time to really sit and think and I'm not, you know, obviously I'm not sitting, I'm running, but it gives me time to just like, you know, have me time and think about like, okay, what do I want to work on this week? Or, you know, how am I going to tackle that problem from last week? And just like thinking about like some of the stuff that I want to set for myself, goals I want to set for myself. So yeah, running is and always will be a very positive thing for me. And I think really ultimately it is because of that time when I made that switch during the pandemic and, you know, traded alcohol to train for my first marathon. And here we are today. But that kind of wraps up the episode. I kind of feel like it was a bit all over the place. We needed to switch SD cards in the middle on the camera because it ran out of space and now the camera looks like it's about to die. So we're going to wrap up the episode, but I really do hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you enjoyed listening to the episode or watching it on YouTube and that you found some connection with it. And let me know if you did either send me a DM on social media or let me know in the comments of the episode of the video and I will see you in the next video slash episode. But I really appreciate you coming and listening to the podcast or watching it on YouTube. But do make sure if you are on YouTube to subscribe, like, comment, let me know what you want to see. If you like this sort of format of me, you know, videoing my podcast episodes and just like sharing them more in a video format, make sure for the podcast, make sure that you subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts or follow it on Spotify, but also make sure that you leave a rating because it helps the podcast so much and I really do appreciate it and I will see you in the next episode. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. As always, if you have any questions, you can DM me on social media or leave them in the comments of the YouTube video or send me a message or send me an email or just let me know, but I will see you in the next episode. Bye.